Welcome to another episode of Hey Mama. My next guest this week is Jessica. So Jessica is a uh, business owner. She is a clinical hypnotherapist, a root cause therapist, and a mindset coach. So uh, welcome to the show. I think that you are going to be um, an amazing addition uh, to the podcast because you are a mum yourself. You have two young boys, three and five. So you're basically in the trenches or you're coming out of the trenches. I always think think I'm coming out of the trenches and then something pops up. And that's the thing. There's always something, right? (laughs) And they take turns, don't they? You know, like even even now I've got a 12 and a six-year-old and I think, oh, we're just getting a little bit of a balance here and then some or something happens exactly That's and it. so you classify yourself as a healer a change maker um and a wife uh, i think that's so beautiful so uh let's talk about what experiences that you had that made you become a healer and a clinical hypnotherapist uh all that kind of um of thing yeah cool um look so basically i guess like everyone you know we've all got something we've all got um some kind of uh difficult life experiences we go through you know some more than others um i had quite a number of um you know difficult life experiences and um this is why i like to educate um, a lot on trauma um, because you know trauma is a word with so much misconception around it you know people think um, trauma is like all the big stuff you know um, rape um, being in war you know things like that serious neglect um, but it's absolutely not the case um, so you know trauma is basically what happens inside of you you know, not what happens outside of you. So, for example, um, a trauma, and by the way, it can be completely unique for each person. You know, some um, children are more sensitive than others, uh, and that's the way they're born. So, you know, two siblings can have the exact same experience and, you know, one might form a trauma out of it, the other might not. So um, getting back to, you know, an example of how simple a trauma can be for someone, um, you might have your parents, you know, over there like arguing and you're you're witnessing them arguing and, I don't know, you're just a little wee three or four-year-old and... um, and you're standing there by yourself or sitting and, and watching it um, and listening to it. And, you know, you're, you're coming up with all these big emotions. It could be, you know, sadness, fear, whatever it is. But basically something's happening. You're having a reaction in your nervous system. You're having these big emotions and you're sitting there and you're stuck there with your emotions alone. So essentially you've got the big emotion Um, There's no resource of safety in that moment for your nervous system to come back down and say, ah, I'm okay, right? Because your parents, you know, they're doing what they're doing. They're arguing. They're they're stuck in, you know, their moment um, and they're dealing with their own stuff. Um, But as a child, you know, you're there and you're, you're having this emotional experience and you've got no one to be that resource of safety, Essentially, what happens is um, that energy stays stuck in the nervous system um, because it's not come to completion because there's no resource to bring us back down to that um, rest and digest, essentially. And so what happens is we make limiting decisions about ourselves um, or the world. 
So for example, in that situation as a child, you know, you might decide, um, you know, my parents are fighting because of me, I must be bad. Um, I'm not lovable, things like that. So that's how easy it is to have an experience. So you have the experience, you have a big emotional reaction, and if you have no resource of safety to help you process those emotions, we make a decision about ourselves or the world, which is essentially called a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. So I had myself, um, and by the way, limiting beliefs are mostly created between the ages of like two and like 12 to 14. And um, yeah, most of our subconscious mind is formed between the ages of like zero and seven, mm -hmm. all our before yes yeah so it's called like the imprint period so essentially like I had quite a number of experiences like that which caused me to make a lot of limiting decisions about our, about myself and so um you know what happens is if you have a few of those experiences they get ingrained into the subconscious mind and then you essentially live off that. So, for example, um, one of the beliefs that I created, which, of course, I had no awareness of until not too long ago, um, was that I'm not considered um, or and I'm not good enough. So this is how it plays out, okay? Um, so later on, like in high school, if I'm not feeling good enough and I'm full of shame and things like that, I'll turn up to high school and how do you think my behaviour is going to look? I'm going to sort of look like this, I'm going to look shameful, I'm going to look hunched over. And so I became an easy target for bullying. So, you know, I had bullying in high school and what happens is that just deeply ingrained that belief even further. Well, yeah, look what happened. Yeah, so basically beliefs, they become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, our subconscious mind um, puts us in situations to prove that belief right again and again. Like, for example, in your 20s, you might go to a party and if you don't feel good enough, same thing, you're going to, you know, you're going to be reserved. You're not going to put yourself out there. And of course, people are not going to talk to you. And then you're going to leave and you're going to be like, see, of course, I'm not good enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I had bullying in high school. And then so the, the first turning point for me really was I got into a toxic relationship. And of course, if you're not feeling good enough, all that kind of stuff, you're not feeling lovable, you're going to ignore all the, you know, red flags, which I did. Um, and, you know, I stayed with him way too long. I stayed five years. Um, however, knowing what I know now, you know, I found I took the lesson from it and, you know, I wouldn't, um, you know, not have that experience because it's shaped who I am today um, and it's, you know, led me on the path that I'm on today. Um, so that was turning point number one. That sort of sent me on a, a healing journey because um, the, the relationship was so toxic that I um, ended up, uh, my nervous system was under so much stress that I actually developed um, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Um, and by the way, I've always been into fitness. So um, to, to start looking how I can, you know, um, increase you know, how terrible I was feeling. Uh, this is before developing the chronic fatigue. I went and did a, um, I think it was like, yeah, 12 week fitness challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you know, this guy, he literally broke down 
everything like my self-esteem um so i went and did that fitness challenge but if you combine the physical stress of that training six seven days a week um and then the emotional stress that my nervous system was under that was a recipe for disaster however that was my wake-up call and that was what you know, sort of pushed me to decide, okay, well, I can either stay in this sort of um, mode where, oh, life is happening to me, this is all too hard, oh, you know, I can't can't leave, whatever, or I can jump in the driver's seat of my life and say, okay, well, I can either stay stuck or I can get out and I can make the changes I need to make and move forward with my life you know, um, because I was, you know, depressed, anxious. I was removed from all my friends. Um, And then, of course, you know, I had chronic fatigue. I couldn't work. Yeah, so I was just completely isolated. Would you say that the chronic fatigue was the snapping point and did you connect the dots that the relationship was the the cause or the trigger uh, or did it take you a little while? Yep, so definitely not at the time, for sure. Um, You know, as I'm sure you've got listeners um, that have been through the same experience, any kind of, um, you know, abusive, toxic relationship, I think the average is about five times that it takes to actually leave, which was somewhat around that case for me. Um, So it took a long time to sort of build up the courage to finally leave. But, yeah, I think that it was definitely part of it, realising that, shit, I can either stay with this guy, you know, we were even talking about kids, um, and, you know, that's going to leave me or I can get out. Um, so, yeah, fast forwarding, it wasn't until um, I found the subconscious work and all this stuff that I do now that I came to the realisation that, wow, okay, that actually happened for me. So did you find the subconscious work uh, when you were still in the relationship or you had made the decision to, to leave and then you came across this? Yeah, yeah, that's what right. Was that, what was that snapping point? That's what I like to call it when people make decisions in their life where they're just like, you know what, I've had enough. What was the moment that you were just like, okay, this is damaging me and I want to I want to sit in the driver's seat? Uh, so when I, when I found the subconscious work or when I decided I wanted to you take you wanted to leave. So you'd gotten, you know, you'd broken down, you'd yeah. gotten um, into the, uh, you were diagnosed with the chronic fatigue and then you went on a, a bit of a healing journey then. What did you do oh. and then what was the snapping point that you were like, okay, I've had enough of this relationship, this is... Oh, what- yeah. No, so it was actually I left and then I went started on the healing journey. I went and did like an um, eight-week chronic fatigue rehabilitation program and that's when I started to really delve into like you know who the hell am I now because he literally just broke me down to a shell of a person and to be honest um I didn't know who I was before and then that just kind of damaged it even more so it was I started to go on that um you know who am I journey um and so what made you decide to leave before you went on that healing journey I just think it's really important um because I've been I've actually been in a similar relationship as well and I know the pivotal moment that I was just like you know what I'm actually better than this I deserve better than this and then there's other women out there I've had girlfriends before been in abusive relationships that I've I've had to try and help and 
it does take multiple times and you even get blocked out as a friend for even saying something um, and then they have to kind of make that decision themselves. There has to be some kind of snapping point. So what was it for you? Yeah, to be honest, there was definitely no outside. There was no friends or family because I very much tried to hide as much as possible because that's what we do. We protect the relationship. Um, I think that it started to progress from... Um, just being sort of, uh, you know, um, yelling and stuff too. I think I, I recall a memory of him like backing me into a corner in the kitchen uh, yeah. and I just felt like it was going to progress to physical from there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he started developing habits like, you know, drinking way too much alcohol, he began smoking and I was just like, yeah, wow, this is just a melting pot. <laughs> this is just a disaster. Um, so I, I remember the... Okay. Sorry, I just wanted to say subconsciously somewhere, I think you, you you know, you were telling yourself, I deserve better than this. So even oh, though absolutely. you have that limiting belief, it's so powerful, like, because you have that limiting belief of I'm yeah. not good enough, I don't deserve better than this, but then somehow the depths of your soul comes up and says, mm-hmm. actually, no, Jessica, you are better. Yeah, than exactly. And that was coming up. Like, I, I knew that all along, but what happens, right, is our conscious mind um where we've got all our logic and stuff is saying of course you deserve better you need to get out this is not safe blah 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 right but the 90 percent which drives most of our thoughts actions behaviors feelings etc yeah usually going to win right so basically um you know I, i as you've just said like i knew for a long time i needed to get out um but i think i was like waiting for the right (laughs) like opportunity and so I think um I I specifically remember um he was doing a job where he would go away for like you know three days a week or whatever and so there was a time that he went away for a few days and I just packed up everything I was like because I felt trapped Mm. I felt like I could not leave while he was there Mm-hmm. And so that was my opportunity. And I literally remember that day so vividly, like even though he wasn't there, just the fear, the fear, like feeling like, oh, my God, he could t- turn up any minute. And, yeah, I just literally felt like I was escaping. Like it was crazy um, the amount of fear I was feeling. Um but yeah, um, you know, it it took a long time to sort of come back from that, um, and and something that really helped me, you know, after I started to do a lot of self development work was finding my husband um, because finally he was a secure relationship where I could feel safe and start to really heal because we do heal in safe and secure relationships. You know, relationships can either be the perfect place for disaster or they can be the perfect place to heal. Yeah, Um, it brings all up, like brings everything up or mm -hmm. everything out uh, to the surface and and clears. So you did the um, the eight-week chronic fatigue healing did you say you did it was yes. that through doctors specialists or um, yes, so it's, um in melbourne we actually have a hospital um that specializes in it like it's a uh, outpatient clinic and yes. i think it was like a group of like 10 people um and you'd go every day for like eight weeks yeah wow that's fantastic 
Yeah. Had, I developed chronic fatigue as well, but I just did all the healing on my own. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't even know that there was opportunities out there like that. So that's really important to get that message out too, because if mums are listening right now and they think I may have um, chronic fatigue, and especially as mums with business own, uh, that are business owners or um, you know are working a lot as well as raising kids, we can get burnt out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was one part of healing that. And then the other part was absolutely, um, finding, um, the subconscious work and, and yeah. working, yeah. Out, okay, what's all my baggage that I need to heal? Because, um, you know, the, uh, there's, there is definitely a link between, you know, emotional baggage and chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, pain in the body. As yeah. I said, you know, when that trauma is formed, it's like a loop that's not completed and we keep this energy in our body. Um, and, you know, if we keep this stuff suppressed for a long time, eventually it manifests as things like anxiety, depression and, um, you know, mental health issues and then eventually pain in the body. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. And it all manifests in, in different ways. So, yeah, I too am uh, a big advocate about the connection to the mind and the body, and it all manifests in different ways. So what you experience may be different to what somebody else has experienced, but it's all to do with the mind-body connection and yes. um, emotional. And, and see, that's the problem um, that I say to most of my clients. Like, as a society, we are so cut off from our body. We literally cognize everything. We're all very much overthink, overthink, yeah. you know. And we're told to just squash it. Hey? Just told to just squash it and get on with it. Exactly. So we're not connected to, okay, what's actually happening in our body? Because, um, yeah. yeah, a lot of the time things are arising for us in our body and if we don't, um, you know, be with it, notice it, allow ourselves to feel it, it will eventually come out in other negative ways like you know you might um let's just say something will happen in the morning and you'll feel sad about it and you'll be like oh quick you know and this might be subconsciously by the way you might be like yeah. oh crack myself okay I'm gonna go uh go to the fridge and have a treat or go binge Netflix or overwork or whatever right and then yeah. later in the day you'll be like oh my god why am I so anxious yeah yeah, definitely. If you haven't sat with the feelings, you know, you haven't allowed that energy to complete. Wow. And yeah. I mean, it took me eight years because I was told to suppress and get on with it. And that's how you move forward in, in life and things. And um, I put my uh, work over it and said, I'm fine, squashed it, squashed yep. it, squashed it. And it took me eight years to actually feel and heal. Like I think that that is such an amazing insight um, don't let it go too long because it takes feel it to heal it. That's it. Yeah, feel it to heal it. And if until you do, it'll just keep manifesting in different ways. It, exactly. It'll catch up to you. It'll get you. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the thing. We are, most of us um, have been brought up by emotionally immature parents. So yes. parents who were taught by their parents exactly that don't feel it you know toughen up you know um oh it'll bring shame on the family oh you know you've got to stuff it down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um, and so it just gets passed on until someone courageous yeah tries to heal the pattern and that's what i'm all about
Yeah, and I love that. And I think that this is the generation that is healing the generational trauma, right? And we are so awakened mm. um, to, to this now. And now it's so powerful that we get we get to change it. And you've said it here in your um, jot form to me that we get to change it for our children. Yeah. We get to work on ourselves so then we can teach them how to work with like on um, themselves and exactly. just um, yeah it's huge generational um trauma so tell me um so you 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 got the healing yourself you started getting into the subconscious healing and then what made you think so you met your husband and then yes. you went on the a healing journey while you were with him and then yeah, it sort of just continued um and then what happened was um i actually fell pregnant unexpectedly um with my first um i ended up having a miscarriage oh. with that first pregnancy um but we were still kind of processing it all and he was like you know, he was in shock. At first he was like, oh, no, I don't want this. But then once we had the miscarriage, it made him realise, oh, wow, actually, you know what, I do want this. And we made the decision to try again. Of course, the same for me, you know, it was all like very overwhelming. But then we realised, okay, this is actually what we want. Um, so, yeah, we fell uh, pregnant again quite quickly. Um and so, yeah, basically um, what my experience was that, you know, I had done, you know, all this self-development work and this is what happens with most of my clients that come to me. They've done all the self-development work sort of on the surface level, on the conscious level, you know, maybe they've gone to a psychologist, a counsellor and they've talked about the you know, their problems or whatever, all on a conscious level, right? But they haven't addressed what's underneath the surface of the iceberg. So they've only looked at the top of the iceberg that's sticking out of the ocean. They yeah. haven't looked at all the stuff that's underneath. So that. the root cause, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you read a book, you listen to all the podcasts, you, you get all, you know, you download all the quotes, you put them on your phone, but it's not addressing the root cause, you know? Um, so that was me up until that point. Um, and so, yeah, once um, I had my first son, that was like, I actually call it like, it felt like a slap in the face. Like it was a huge shock for me. Um, and, and it's only now that I've done the work on myself that I realize why. Um, so, I find, well, my experience was that in pregnancy, you know, the focus is very much on you. You know, everyone's doting on you. Oh, you know, what do you need? Like very, very much yes, focused yes. on you, right? And yeah. then literally in a moment, bam, baby's out. It's, you know, you're you're not the focus anymore. The, baby, the baby's very much the focus. You know, people are bringing all the gifts and you're, like for me, I just felt like I was just this shadow just this milk, you yeah. know, being milked with my pump and and I just felt like I'd just gone into the shadow and not knowing back then because I hadn't done the subconscious work, but now knowing what I know, that um, wasn't fulfilling my need, my high need for significance. Yes, and to feel are. considered, that belief was still yeah. sitting in there, I'm not considered, right? 
So of yeah. course, my inner child's like, hey, oh my God, someone see me. Like, I'm just, I'm nothing now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I truly believe that all that baggage that was sitting there, becoming a mum was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so, you know, I dealt with anxiety and depression pretty much my whole life from when I was around, you know, high school. Um, and then that was just like the straw that broke a camel's back and I had postnatal depression, anxiety, and I was in a terrible way. So I also, he wasn't a great sleeper. So I took him to sleep school, um, which by the way, now that knowing what I know about the nervous system, I would never do again. (laughs) Um, point when I decided to take him to sleep school, I was at rock bottom, like, I remember literally hiding in the toilet so my husband would just hold him longer. You know, I just, I could not deal. I was just overwhelmed. Um, and so I decided, I found out when I was at the sleep school that there was like a um, perinatal mental health ward. I actually checked myself in. So I knew I was in such a terrible way. I didn't know what to do. I needed help. Yeah. Um, but what I found was it wasn't the right place for me. Um, it actually freaked the shit out of me. Um, the, the room that I was put in, like the bathroom, it had no curtains, it had no nothing. It was almost felt like a jail. Like, and what I found out was the reason is it's all suicide proof. Uh, and when I found that out, I was just like, oh my God. They drugged everyone up on um, like benzos. So essentially like, you know, even without even knowing too much about you, like literally within the first few hours of me being there, they were like literally handing out the antibiotics. Like, yeah, um, I'd never been on them before. I was on SSRIs most of my life. Um, yeah, and, and it just freaked the shit out of me. I was like, this is not this is not the place for me. Like I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm going to be in my own environment and get the help that I need. Yeah. Um, and it took a little bit, um, but eventually I was introduced to someone, um, just divine timing online. I think it was on Instagram or Facebook that um, was training in like um, hypnotherapy or a, a form of hypnotherapy called timeline therapy. Um, and it also included some NLP um, and mindset work and uh, yeah, when she told me about it, I was like, oh, my God, this sounds amazing. And yeah. so I did it. And that was just like an absolute game changer for me. It li- literally changed my life, not only like healing my own baggage, but, you know, understanding others, understanding the world, understanding that, you know, all these experiences that had happened throughout my life that were so painful and that I was sort of staying in victim mode too and being like oh because of that you know I'm broken blah 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 you know and it does by the way it doesn't mean that you haven't been victimized that's not what it means but um victim mode is saying that um it's like pointing the finger it's saying oh because my dad was an alcoholic you know, now I have anxiety and I'm broken and blah, blah, blah. It's powerless. Yeah. So what I learned was I can actually turn my pain into power. Like how, okay, so that, you know, that terrible relationship happened, the five-year relationship, I can either sort of focus on that, 
oh, you know, I wasted so much time and look at, look at, you know, what I could have been doing and blah, 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 and focus on that. And when you focus on that, how's that going to make you feel? It's going to make you feel like shit. It's going to make you feel stuck. Mm. So I completely flipped the script and I was like, okay, I went through the pain. Why continue to feel the pain? Let's take the gift. I've done the pain. I've done the five years. Okay, what's the gift that I can find? All right. It made me realize exactly what I deserve and become bloody clear on it. And that's why, you know, I made sure I found the right person in my husband. So it gave me that clarity. Um, It made me realize like so much about myself. Um, You know, if, if I hadn't been in that relationship, I wouldn't have gone on the healing journey. And I truly believe I wouldn't have found this work. Um, I think I would have continued to play the pattern, play those beliefs out and, you know, maybe got into other, you know, negative relationships. So, um, yeah, I truly believe that things happen for us if you choose to see it that way and find the gift. Um, And it it does make you more resilient, you know, and it does make you more wise. Absolutely. What I love is that um, that quote, uh, turn my pain into power. Uh, really got from that and uh, what's really powerful about about you Jessica is that um, you have had the life experience and you've turned it into now like you help it you helped yourself and now you have that experience to help others and uh, whereas, uh, you know, you can go to psychologists that um, have done their university degrees and the this and the that, but have they actually done the work themselves and have they had that experience themselves? And that's the same as with why I coach mums is because I've had this experience through motherhood and then, you know, you can go to a dietitian or a fancy this and a fancy that, or you can go to someone who's been through it, lived through it, learnt through it, now they want to teach you how. You can't buy that experience. Um, And that's what so many of my clients say. And this was also my own experience. Like, as I said, you know, I struggled with my mental health most of my life. And, you know, I'd seen psychologists and counsellors and what my my own experience is and what many of my clients' experience is, um, is that they go to, you know, a talk therapist and they kind of feel like they're a bit on a pedestal and they feel you know, they've probably already got a fear of judgment and they feel even more judged. Yes. So, so in healing, safety is number one because, as yeah. I said, everything starts with the nervous system. So if you don't feel safe, how can yeah. you open up? So that's what the experience is for so many. Um, you know, they didn't feel safe to be vulnerable. Um, and also, you, you know, when you're talking about the problem, talking about the problem, not only are you staying stuck in the problem, but you're quite often reliving the trauma and re-triggering that trauma because yeah. you're talking about it, but you're not healing it and you're, yeah. you're not... Um, moving forward. Like exactly. Healing it, healing it, moving forward, growing exactly. from it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and that's when people stay powerless and they're also relying on that person. Mm. You know, that's why so many people will keep seeing them for, you know, two, three years. Yeah, a, a vulnerability a tr- 
parental creates vulnerability. And so when you're willing to share your story yes, and you're exactly. really person and you can open up about your experiences, then that makes someone feel safe, like you said, to open up and be vulnerable with you, a judgment-free I 100% agree with that because I've been to psychologists and stuff before and you blurt out your story and you feel like you're just sitting there being judged. And mm-hmm. yeah, so um, I love this path. Where So where are we going to go? Um, I want to know how people can, um, oh, I, we can talk about, uh, you know, there is there anything else that you would like to focus on here, the message that you want to get out? Um, you said something about children, and so I really want you to um, have your little say here before we wrap it up and, and people can find out where to find you. Um, yeah, let me just look through all my notes. Um so we've talked about the healing ourselves. So we, we, we talked about that before, about as mothers, um, you know, with the generational trauma um, and the patterns and beliefs and everything, that stops with us. And yeah. we have to do the work first uh, to be able to um, teach that to our children. So if you want to elaborate more on that, why you're so Yeah, yeah so that's the thing. Like it's, it's one thing to sort of say to our children, oh, you should you know, be more confident, um, you should love yourself, etc. But unless they actually see you literally embodying that and being that yourself, Mm -hmm. they can't do it. Like, because children, children are tuned to our nervous system, right? So if it's not enough for mum to just say, you know, don't be anxious, blah, blah, blah. If she's feeling anxious, the child is going to literally feel that because they are tuned to our nervous system. Um, their nervous system actually, like, develops off ours. Um, it's it's quite fascinating if you get into the science of it. Um, but, you know, that's why, um, you know, a lot of parents will send their teenagers to a, you know, hypnotherapist or whatever, and they're like, here, see my child, fix my child. The the thing is children can change really, really quickly. But then if you go put them back in that environment, they're going to fall back into rapport with that environment because children, children are literally in survival mode of their environment, right? So when we're born, we only have three fears. Um, It's the fear of falling, the fear of abandonment, and uh, the fear of loud noises, right? So as a child, we rely on our parents to, you know, keep a roof over our head, to put food on the table, um, to to give us any love, like we need love. Um, and so um, that's why, like, a child, um, how do I put it, uh, Okay, so just say you have like an abusive parent, a parent that, um, well, not necessarily physically abusive, but maybe, you know, they maybe they put the child down and they're always, you know, criticising them and stuff. Um, what the child will actually do is they'll turn on themselves. So um, they'll start actually criticising themselves and saying, oh, I'm a, and embodying like I'm a bad person. Um it's like, okay, so someone went to throw a punch at you and if you punched yourself in the face first, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be like, the hell? It's like a way of protection. Like they're not going to go and punch you because they're going to be like, oh, you just punched yourself. 
Yes. I mean, like, so the child actually turns on themselves and criticizes themselves. Story, right? Like you repeat those, the same story throughout your life until you break that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Because as children, we do not question anything. We're literally like a sponge. We just take everything on. Um, we don't develop like the, the critical factor till we're like seven or eight. So we literally believe everything to be true. So that's why children, you know, believe in Santa and things like that. Um, so, you know, if, if the parent is saying like, oh, you, I don't know, you're not good at sport or whatever the child's going to literally take that as you're true. not you're so unorganized and things well, like that you have to be yeah, very yeah exactly yeah. yeah that's it um you're not the smart one or you're not yeah, the quite often compared to the siblings and yeah. uh, and, yeah. and this is how they these things can get literally imprinted and affect us for the rest of our lives and so that is why it is so important to look at the parent first mm. okay what's actually going on for the parent is the parent anxious the parent you know got all this trauma that they're unconscious well a lot of the time unconsciously passing on yeah Um, negative talk so then monkeys exactly you know like I know that uh women as women we're very critical of ourselves and we can say things and I've got daughters so I have to be very careful with the things you say my husband will even catch me out and say they're going to mimic that you say bad things about yourself they then saying bad things about their self 100 that's it and yeah. that is exactly why you have to start with the parent always mm-hmm. yeah so um you know as a parent we need to take responsibility for that you know the power is literally in our hands yes and we're raising our children until they're you know 18 and above we got it we've got to actually get back to parenting so I think like there's like such a disconnect right now in okay they go off to high school and now we don't have to worry about them anymore or we put them in care for a long time and you know like we have to remember that we're still parenting and it does start with us and then it reflects and it's a, a ripple effect that's it and so you know by doing the work on ourselves not only does it help our children um so like let's just say for example if you show your children that you're loving yourself um you value yourself like for example um rather than you know always putting yourself last you know your children see you taking the time for yourself taking the time to go to the gym taking the time of course spending quality time with them but showing that you matter right that's giving them the gift of when they're 20 they're 30 they don't have to think about it they just that's what they do because that's their subconscious programming of course they matter of course they're going to put themselves first you know my mom put put, yeah definitely like um you know seeing your mom create a healthy meal like for for themselves and the family but the mom sitting down sitting down and saying i'm going to eat no i'm not going to get up and get you a drink you can wait i'm going yeah, to actually I matter yeah because i'm i matter too mm. uh, and and then teaching them the same thing so when they grow up and then they find a partner themselves they're like hang on i matter it's exactly. not about them not about it's about me first and that's not even a lesson that has to be a sit down and tell them as Mm, i said it's what you see that matters most yeah so that just becomes their subconscious programming and their autopilot and as i said 
you know, that's what most of our days are run off. You know, 90% of our mind is the subconscious mind. We only use our conscious mind a very small part of the day. So everything's kind of just recycled from the past, right? So you want it to be easy for them. You want that to be their autopilot. Of course, of course I do this for myself, you know. Um, Not something that's like a struggle and a battle, you know, yeah. they, they wonder like, why do I have to just keep going and needing to do more and why can't I sit down and relax? Like most people actually have no conscious awareness of why they do what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and oh, no, why am I so overwhelmed? Why do I yeah. feel like I must do all the housework today? Why do I feel like I have to do more? Why do I feel like I'm not enough? They've got no idea. Yeah, until they make that, they have that snapping point and they make that conscious decision of I want to change, so I need to take a look at myself. I need that mirror up. So like you said when you had your first child, it's like a big mirror up in your face of all the underlying root causes of why you are the way you are. So I love how you dig into that work. Um, And uh, what was the other other thing that I was going to say? I just want to share a very powerful quote. Yes. Um, So... It's by Carl Jung, which is, uh, who was a psychotherapist um, and delved into a lot of the subconscious work. So the quote is, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will yeah. drive our lives and we'll call it fate. And that is most of our society today. Mm-hmm. As we discussed, you know, we are becoming more and more conscious, but most people have no awareness of why they do what they do, why they behave the way that they behave, why they have the thoughts they have. So it's huge. You need to look what's under the surface, what's under the ocean, because there's a whole massive part of the iceberg that you have not looked at. So it's game-changing. It is is absolutely game-changing. Like 99.9% of my mums that um, I have consultations with and I ask them why is it important to you to to change and and create better habits Um, and it's because they don't want their children to go through what they went through. They don't want them to struggle the way that they have struggled. That's amazing. Um, so it is, yeah, it really is. Um, so, Jessica, where can um, my audience find you if they want to know more about you and your work and um, maybe even get in touch with you for, to work with you? Yeah, cool. Um, so my main place that you would find me is on Instagram um, at by Jessica K underscore. Uh, but if you type by Jessica K, it'll come straight up. Um, I've got a ton of, you know, valuable content to dive into there. Um, predominantly, you know, I work with um, mums, like probably like I'd say 90% of my clients are mums. Um, and so I work a lot with trauma and as I said, you know, what trauma is, like most people don't realise like everyone's got some kind of trauma. Yeah. Everybody's got limiting beliefs. Yeah. You just don't realise what you're stuck. Huge effect. It's just what if it's actually affecting your life, then it is trauma. Yep, that's it. So, um, yeah, so I, I work um, with, yeah, releasing all that past baggage, all your limitations, um, because that's the thing, like before all our conditioning, before all our traumas, any negative programming and limiting beliefs, we were born pure. We were born confident. We were born kicking and screaming with a voice. <laughs> Many of us in our childhood 
mm-hmm. tend to lose our voice, you know, and we don't, we're not able to speak up and things like that. So what I want you to know is that underneath all those layers of conditioning and you know, the negative programming is your essential self, is your pure self, is who you were meant to be. And it's it's that confident self. It's the self that takes what they want and, and has a thriving life. And I'm so passionate about people getting back to that. Um, and I continue to do the work on myself, you know. It, it is, a, I say this to my mums in my group program, it is a lifestyle, you know, yeah. um, and it is the journey, um, but it's a journey that's always worth it. Yeah, because the time will pass anyway, so you may as well, you know, make the time pass productively and, yeah. and grow and have a better life. So you've also got an Instagram community for mums uh, mums that thrive. Is that right? Yeah, yep, that's it. That's cool. Yeah, mums that thrive. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone wants to, I will um, have the links uh, in this podcast anyway. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. to be able to um, connect with you but thank you so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable and sharing your story uh, and um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I really think the audience is going to get a lot out of it too yeah my pleasure lovely thanks for listening to another episode of hey mama you can find all the relevant links including socials in the description section of this podcast If you want to find out more information about how I can help you build your best body after babies, then visit my website, www.thefitmummethod.com for more info. Lastly, before you leave here today, if you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe and share so you can help me to reach out to those mamas that also need to listen to. (laughs) 